many people feel like their past is a hindrance to their present and certainly their future. That could be a heavy burden to bear when you feel weighed down by previous choices you've made. You've been there, right? You wake up in the middle of the night or, or you're just kind of daydreaming for a second and then you shudder to think of the damage you caused or, or sometimes it's the damage that could have been. Oh, sometimes I just shake my head and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me from those things, from my stupidity, from my foolishness. Um, and sometimes... Uh, he let me through it, and and uh, and it caused damage. And um, but have you ever thought that the decision you made in the past has really changed everything for you? That just that's nothing's going to be the same anymore. Uh, I know that that sometimes uh, one way we see this is in the area of sports, where there's like you know you hear about the curse that if you were hosting the Super Bowl, you would never win it, um, and. Well, there you go. The Buccaneers broke that curse. But almost every sport uh, has some sort of team or organization, franchise that has bad luck because of their past, right? One of the most famous streaks of misfortune ever was, was upon the Boston Red Sox. Because in 1919, Harry Frazee made the decision to sell, or, you know, trade, kind of sell, the famous Babe Ruth to the Yankees. And Many fans believe that that decision was what started, inaugurated an 86-year drought in the World Championship. It wasn't until 2004 that this was finally broken. So for 86 years, they bore this burden, believing they could never get their past, get past their past. And there are all sorts of other uh, legends uh, of bad luck based on the past too. The Madden curse, right? If your if your if your face was on the Madden football video game, um, uh, you you were going to have a problem. Or if you were on Sports Illustrated cover, it was going to go poorly for you, right? But our past doesn't just weigh us down. In the sports world, we we could probably point to a couple decisions that really sent us in a different trajectory that we have trouble then living down. And some decisions are just honest mistakes uh, that don't have many consequences, but some can just be devastating and last for years. And so today, even, even though we can't change our past, though many would love to do that, can I rewind and can I redo? We can ensure that our past doesn't control our present nor our future. In fact, the Gospels, the, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life are full of stories of individuals with shady pasts, <laughs> experiencing a fresh start because of their interaction with Jesus. The New Testament speaks of, of this transforming power of Jesus' selfless sacrifice on the cross. What is it about the cross and the selfless sacrifice that just changes everything? And his triumphant resurrection from the grave, how it, how it shifts people in their perspective. Because when people place their trust in Jesus, they're different. They're forgiven. Wouldn't that be nice? And they're made new. Won't that be a beautiful story? It's the greatest news of all that our decisions that have caused so much guilt and shame can be wiped clean with Jesus' love. Yeah, even the ones you've got can be wiped clean, the stain removed through Jesus' love. Second Corinthians chapter 5, Paul, the apostle, one of the first um, 
evangelists and, and uh, leaders to bring this message of the reconciling work of Jesus to the nations outside of Jerusalem, outside of the Jewish people, to the nations. He was talking about how his apostleship, the, 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 the sentness, his, his role as, as an apostle, as an emissary, the, the one who would lead and, and share the good news, um, had come from God himself. You can read this in 2 Corinthians, uh, the first three or four chapters. Um, and then by chapter 5, he comes and says, If anyone is in Christ... 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. In fact, it actually just says, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. Well, this is what we're looking forward to. That, that birth that comes out of the grave, the transformed, resurrected life. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, new creation. That's how it springs forward. Paul's been setting up this verse, bragging on God's amazing love that, that would offer Jesus's life to rescue ours. And that's where we find, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. It's because of God's love that we are who we are in Christ. We're a new creation. This phrase, in Christ, I want you to think about that, being in Christ. It's used within the New Testament uh, 216 times, just, to, just alone in Paul's letters. It's a way of showing the connection to Jesus, the, the unity with Jesus. That's the goal of our salvation. I hope you realize that. If you're saying yes to Jesus and, and, and repenting and saying, okay, I don't want to go in that direction. Jesus, save me from my sin. I want your cleanliness. I want you to to prepare space for yourself in my life on the throne that we looked at last week. Well, then you are in Christ, and Christ is in you. And when we're united with him, with Jesus, we have, we have faith and allegiance in him that, that brings us to an experience of transformation that makes us new. It's because the Spirit of God dwells in us again. That's how we're made new. So the old has to go and then the new can come. And that's just the first point. We've got we to go out with the old and we've got to go in with the new. It's not, it's not New Year's Day. It's, it's New You Day. Uh, when you turn your life over to Jesus, you go out with the old and in with the new. And if you haven't experienced this, you, you, you need to allow the love of God to remove the old sin, shame, and guilt, and mistakes, and failures of the past. When God's love reigns in us, it overpowers the failures of our lives. When, it, when God's love reigns in us, it overpowers the hold that all those other things had in our lives. But it has to be cleaned up. A space has to be made new for, for the new things God wants to do in us. Now, my wife, Heather, um, has got a really good eye for potential, for fixer-uppers. And uh, while I'm not a finished project yet, <laughs> no, we've had some success with our recent house purchase. Let's just say that. About five years ago, we stepped into an open house in this very house where I'm at. And uh, it was a 1970s time capsule, right? A beautiful green carpet. Um, 
and and at the open house the, the few that actually were able to show up that day because it was raining yay we got our open house almost to ourselves were really struggling to see the potential and uh, God ended up giving us that house in 2016 uh, the prices didn't escalate we were able to to get in and then for six weeks we tore it just tore it open to get it ready to move in uh, we had drop ceilings in our basement that we didn't want. And we had paneling on the wall that we wanted to get rid of. Um, wallboard we put up all over the house, drywall everywhere, um, so many different places. Uh, there was a you know new bathroom that we just completely changed and moved some walls and stuff. Floors leveled throughout the upstairs. Uh, ceilings and walls and and roof beams uh, removed in the kitchen to open it up and and make room for for our whole family to kind of be in and around the kitchen and uh, we made a, a brand new kitchen from start to finish out with the old truckload after truckload and then in with the new you know when god comes into our lives he doesn't just overlook our sinful path he doesn't just see it over there in the corner and say, well, you know, it is what it is. No, he, he deals with it. Do you need to let him do that right now? I can pause, or you can pause. <laughs> he, he deals with it. He says, that's the thing I want to talk to you about. I want to forgive it, forgive you, and, and remove it so it doesn't have the power over you anymore. Get rid of that. Because, because the truth is, if our sins have been forgiven, if the enemies of, of our soul have been defeated on the cross, disarmed on the cross, if we've been blood-bought and, and we've been made new, then the enemy has no power over us. Unless you give it to him. Unless you go back into that lifestyle. And then he has power. Because because sinners do the things sinners do, and he has control over those who are sinners. But God removes us from that when we confess. We just say, Jesus, this is my past. This is my situation. I want to experience your radical forgiveness. To confess means to agree with God. Yep, that's true. Yes, that's destructive. Yes, I've been doing that. Yes. And we, con we confess, we acknowledge the old sinful ways as just that. They're old and outdated and I don't want it anymore. And when we confess, we agree to allow God to replace those sinful ways, those rebellious ways, those self-pleasing um, self ways. Um, we say, give me the new way. Show me the new way to be human. Follow, help me follow in the way of Jesus. We go from telling lies to speaking truth, from being selfish to being selfless, from spreading gossip to offering encouragement. From burning with anger to being filled with joy. You know, when we were exposing all sorts of um, aspects of, of, of our house, there were some parts that just needed to be chunked out because they were rotten and they needed to be removed, right? You got to get rid of that old stuff and replace it with new, fresh materials. If you don't take out the old parts, they're just going to come back to haunt you. But, when we try to live as a new creation while holding on to our past, we end up frustrated, right? You've seen that. 
So I'm going to live out my new creation life, but I'm holding on to my past sins, my vices, the things that I really love. We end up frustrated and our relationship with God and others always suffers. We've got to allow God to remove it all. And that's just the posture. It's just, okay, take it all. Out with the old, out with the old. Take it all, take it all. Start fresh with a renewed heart and give me a desire. Reign in me with love. Give me a new desire to live for you. The Bible says it like this in Psalm 103, verse 12. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Don't go chasing after him. Allow him to rebuild the brand new life. We don't have to walk around defeated and full of shame anymore. If you're a follower of Jesus, a learner, a student, an apprentice, a disciple of Jesus, you can be confident in the fact that you've been forgiven. Your sin has been removed as far as the east is from the west. You're a new creation. Your past doesn't control your present nor your future. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now in verse 18, it says, All this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Now Paul's talking about his work as an apostle. Right? We're, we're reconciling. We're bringing people back to God, back into counsel with God. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Is that not awesome? He doesn't count your sins against you when you are a new creation. And Paul, as an apostle, says he's an ambassador. He's given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we're Christ's ambassador. God's making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I think what's beautiful is that we can become ambassadors as well. Paul's speaking clearly of his own role as an apostle. He's been trying to defend that uh, among the Corinthians for a while now in these, in, in these letters that they've been exchanging. But now he's saying, we speak for Christ when we say, come back for God, and we can be those kind of people as well. This is all God's gracious gift. It's all from him. Which means that getting past our past is not something we can do on our own. You've tried that. Okay, I'll just meditate. Uh, why do those thoughts keep coming up? I'll just try to avoid it. Oh, why do I have these stomach issues? I'll just try to eat it. Wow, why have I gained so much weight? I'll just try, try to try to try to exercise it off. Okay, you know what? Getting past your past is not something you can do on your own. Forgiveness, listen to me, forgiveness takes resurrection power full-on resurrection power. It is not a simple thing to do to forgive others or to be forgiven. It, it, it takes resurrection power. You cannot overcome the mistakes or make up for them by doing good things. Right? Oh, there's rot in the wall. I'll just spackle over it. No. That's not going to work. God has reconciled us to himself. Though our sin has broken the relationship with him, his love reigns over our sin and makes us right with him. A week ago, uh, sadly, 
shamefully, I was in an argument with one of my children. And it was a decent argument as far as arguments go, talking over one another, pointing out the flaws in, in the thinking of one another. And it, and it moved to that point of pointing out flaws in their humanity. You know what's wrong with you? At your core, you are, oh, that's dangerous territory. I was way over the line. So I walked out, got some wisdom from my wife, uh, swallowed my pride, asked, literally asked for resurrection power. God, I need new life, new thoughts, new creation. If anyone is in Christ, new creation. I claim that. I need new life. And I went and apologized for crossing the line into the character attacks that were designed to hurt. And they weren't even completely true. And I asked for forgiveness and received it. Tell me that forgiveness and confession doesn't take resurrection power. It, it, it does. It takes the power of God to kind of shift us and change us and shape us and move us in a different direction. And when we confess our sin against God and receive his forgiveness, we experience that restored relationship with, us, with him. Love reigns in us and we are made new. So how does the truth, think with me, that Jesus is king, and, and how does our allegiance to him affect this great change, this power of the gospel? The, the forgiveness clears the way for the Spirit of God to come and make us new and reside with us, to reside in us, to pour into us and pour through us. You see, it's not just news from the outside that changes my perspective. It's actually God who does a new thing inside me and out. A lot of people go, I wonder if I'm a Christian, or how do you become a Christian, or how do I know that I'm saved? And like, well, is the Spirit of God welcome in your life and doing a new thing? Is he actually regenerating you? Because if anyone is in Christ, new creation. If that's... If that's confusing to you or a struggle, reach out. I'd love to, to walk with you through that. But say, Spirit, I, I want new life in me. Forgive me, cleanse me, shape me, make me a, a new house fit for a new work, for a new creation so that I can live for you. And at that point, we become conduits of this love that reigns for others around us as well. And that's point two. God's love goes through us. In us, but through us. See, God's interested in the entire world being reconciled to himself. God loved the world in this way that he gave his only begotten son, right? He doesn't want anyone to live a life weighed down by a sinful past. Shackled <laughs> by shame and guilt. God's grace to us through Jesus Death and resurrection is extended right now. He, he gives us the opportunity to be ambassadors, to implore others to confess their sin and be reconciled to God as well. This is the, the pathway of God. And, and a love for God is something you can teach, but it's, it's much better caught than taught, as they say. 
People want to see you live it out. You can tell people all day long about being a Christian and what it's like to have your like to have your past wiped clean, but if they don't see you living it, if you just hear your lectures, but they don't see you living it, if what is that good for, right? But if they see the joy that comes from knowing God and the freedom from being united with Christ in your life, then they might be drawn to that reconciled life with God as well. A, a love for God is contagious. And people want to hear that it means something to you. Look at what it's done and, and look at how it's pouring out in me. And when it doesn't, what do you do? You apologize. I'm sorry. God's just reminding me that that was not the way to treat you. All right. Okay, so if I was to ask you to turn to someone next to you, and you can do this now, pause, you know, um, tell him or her about it, your favorite movie, sports team, family member, or something else you really care about, it wouldn't be much of a challenge, would it? Like, oh, okay, yeah, you give me a chance to talk about things. Aaron, he loves to preach, so he's, he loves the Bible, so he's just preaching all the time. He loves to talk. You just ask him a question. He'll go forever. Sorry about that. Well, not sorry about that. But right, if you get asked a question about a particular area of interest, let's go, right? But it'd be different if I said, hey, I want you to turn to your neighbor and um, talk about your favorite experience at the dentist. You're like, well, do I have to? Or the Department of Motor Vehicles. Um, or your recent meeting with the tax accountant. Just kind of talk through, you know, kind of your best experiences there, right? <laughs> Our passion is evident when we share with others. They know what you're excited about or not. When a person loves something or someone, they can't help but tell others about it. It just oozes out of them. And when we really love God, when his love is poured into us and then starts to pour through us and out of us and back to him, and his, his love truly reigns in our lives, talking about him and celebrating his love for us should be second nature the new nature, the new creation. So tell your story. Share how your past has been forgiven. Let people know who you were before you met Jesus and how you met Jesus and who you are now since Jesus changed your life. How you're taking seriously the claims of Jesus to be king and on the throne of your life. Jesus wants to make his appeal to the world through the way we live and the things we say. And it's only because of Jesus that we can actually do that. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. See, God condemned sin in Jesus. Jesus bore our sin and God condemned that sin. And God through Jesus opens this new pathway for us to be right with God because of our forgiveness of sins. Jesus takes our sin, our mistakes, our brokenness, our past shame and nails it to the cross. Yeah, they were guilty, yes. But I take on sin for you. Even though he was perfect and sinless, he carries our sin. It was an act of love for him to die, even as we're obviously still sinners. And that this brings me to the third thing I want to communicate, and that's this great exchange. And this incredible exchange that takes place at the cross of Calvary, on Golgotha, right? On, on a, the place of the cross. Jesus takes our wrong way of living, and we then, now, 
can live the right way as new humans, the righteous path of God. That's how it's, it's formed in us. We, we couldn't live right. We couldn't do the right things. We couldn't live in justice and righteousness. We didn't know. We, we were all turned in on ourselves. But now we have become righteous. We have a righteous path forward. We're now approved in the eyes of God. Right? He, he looks at you and says, you're in Christ. Well, then you are safe, safe and saved. You're loved. And maybe you need to hear this today. If you're united with Christ, if you're in him by your allegiance of faith, right, that, that your allegiance to him, then God doesn't see your sinful past. He's done with it. He wants you to be done with it as well. He, he looks through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when he sees Christ, he doesn't see your past. He sees you as forgiven. And it may seem too good to be true, but that's the good news of the gospel. That's the transforming nature of the gospel. It's all here and forward now uh, with him. God's, God's unifying us with the Father, Son, Spirit, right? With, with the Trinity, with himself. To be welcomed into that love and then to share that love liberally from the eternal resource, right, of the God who is love. So I, I think I know this about you, but I certainly know it about myself. This pandemic has drained my well. <laughs> I'm feeling thirsty. I'm feeling out of some resources, right? How about yours? How's your well? Right, that deep well where you say, okay, I'm going to have to dig deep on this one. And I'm going to, and then you're like, I've dug and I've gotten to the bottom and that's it. And I know I regularly run out of my own personal reserves of love. Regularly. My compassion for others. Um, my passion for those I love, my empathy for the hurting runs dry over and over and over. My well has been drained and the well has run dry and it's exposed all sorts of garbage, <laughs> trash that's been in the bottom. No wonder, no wonder the, the well water wasn't tasting so good because there's just a bunch of trash in there. And Jesus has been removing that trash, some of it from the past, and so from some present mistakes and, and present things that I've still engaged in. But Jesus has just been removing that trash from the empty bottom of my well. Uh, I think our, our resources always run dry, but the pandemic has sped that up for a lot of us, for a lot of families. But, but Jesus just keeps digging. He cleans up that trash and he just keeps digging down that well, down that well. And what's he digging for? Eternal resources that only he can find so jesus dig in take me through those cracked and broken places take me through those shameful areas in my past take take your love and just dig deep and then i want to i want to have your well spring up because see i'll just say this for me but i've found that the truth of god's forgiveness of my past is is so amazing like, I sometimes can't forgive myself, but who am I to not forgive myself if God has forgiven me? Who are you to not forgive yourself if God has forgiven you? Are your standards so much higher than God's that, no, 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 no. If he has forgiven you, then it's forgivable. And I've found that truth um, of, his, of his forgiveness by his life and death and resurrection of Jesus um, is, is too good to be true. And some people just think it's far too simple to trust. 
I think maybe we can add something and, and maybe we can, we, can, uh, we can prove to God that we're worth it. And that's not where we start. He reigns over our past. We're invited to simply receive the love of God and allow it to reign in our lives. And then and only then we can experience the joy and freedom of new life.